Good evening, everyone, and welcome to Under the Wire, your home for censored and suppressed vaccination information and information about health in general. I hope you all had a good Anzac Day holiday and that you got to go out and do what you normally would do on an Anzac Day, if that is to visit and to honor the um, Anzacs, the brave soldiers who fought in the wars for this country, then I hope that you did that. And um, if you live in one of the areas of the country where they have limited access to uh, these events, I hope that you ignored that completely because civil disobedience and actually standing up for our rights is what we need to do as Australians. Um, the Anzacs who fought and risked their lives would be very ashamed that their forebears uh, have not been able to stand up for their own rights, rights that they fought and died for. Um, thank you very much for letting me know that. I'm going to increase the volume. I hope that's better, Kathy. Please let me know. Hello, Adam. Good to see you here. And hi, Jackie. Thanks very much. Um, hi, Desney. Good to see you from Wales. I'm in New South Wales. So uh, lovely to see you from over that that side of the world. Uh, welcome and thank you so much, everyone. Uh, Champagne Susie, good to see you back again from London. And Brian, good hi from the UK. Lots and lots of people from Great Britain here. Uh, I have increased the volume to maximum. I may just hold this thing closer to my mouth and hope that it works, Adam. I don't know what else I can do. <laughs> so hopefully you guys can hear me. Uh, fingers and toes crossed, okay? Um, yes, Jan, I'm going to be speaking about this. Australian nurses are doomed if the jabs become mandatory. There was a horrible, horrible court case um, decision in Australia this last week, and we're going to discuss that a little later on. Um, hi, Eileen. Wonderful to see you from the UK. I love your icon. It looks very much like the AVN logo. Um, I'm hoping that the sound is better. Oh, okay. Kathy, thank you so much for letting me know, and I will hold the microphone here. So oh, some people are hearing me loud and clear, and some people aren't. So uh, I apologize for that. Uh, hey, Belle from London and Nor from West Australia. Um, Vita, good to see you. Um, I haven't heard your name for a while. Uh, from Sydney, thank you very much. Uh, Sunny, good to see you from Canada. Beautiful. Thank you so much, everyone. Um, and I'm just trying to see. Yeah, uh, Jen, it's definitely scary. It is definitely scary what's happening with nurses in Australia right now. Uh, Sunny, is it too loud? I can't seem to uh, get it right. It's either too loud or too quiet. Thanks very much, Brad. I appreciate that. And Jenny, thanks for letting me know that the volume is good. Um, yep. And Adam from far north Queensland, thank you so much for being here. Good to see you. Uh, more power to all of us. Hello, Lynn. Wonderful to see you here. And Starseed Watson Hay from Canberra, where I'm sure it's nice and balmy right now because it's getting a little cool on the far north coast. Uh, better in a Bluetooth speaker. Okay. You know what? I have one of those. I'll try that next week. Um yeah, I, w I have a Bluetooth speaker and I completely forgot about it. It's the one we use on the Vaxxed bus. And uh, yeah, I'll try that next week. But in the meantime, I'll just hold the microphone closer and hope you can hear me. Carrie, 87,500 people for the football. 
uh, but not for the Anzac March. That is disgusting, truly disgusting. And where is the Anzac spirit that will stand up and say no to the government? You cannot tell me that I can't go out and recognize and honor uh, the people who fought for the freedoms this country enjoyed until this past year. So um, wonderful uh, to see that people are standing up, and let's hope it keeps up. Harvey Bay, Queensland. Thanks, Tamara. Uh, Kalgoorlie. Wow, Tammy. I, I haven't been to that part of the country yet. Uh, Michelle, hi from West Australia. Just put back into lockdown on Friday. And, you know, I don't believe in coincidence. I really don't. And we're always told about the coincidences that happen when people die or are injured after taking vaccines. Uh, Queensland was due to have their emergency declaration expire. And strangely enough, one case of COVID, one case, and again, case, we don't even know if he was symptomatic, was reported in Brisbane, a three-day snap lockdown and a six-month extension to the emergency declaration. And strangely enough, the same exact thing happened in WA. You know, go figure. Uh, the emergency declaration was due to be um, expiring and three cases uh, of COVID Again, we don't know if they were sick or not, but three cases of COVID were reported and now, hey, presto, emergency declaration extended. So um, this is so blatant and so transparent, the way that they're behaving. The premiers in these states do not want to lose the power that they have given themselves. And so they will continue their emergency declarations so they can continue to control everyone who, who lives in their state. Um, Helen says the shrine was open after and before the march, but not during. Disgusting. Absolutely disgusting. Um, yeah, we have had the emergency declaration signed fortnightly here in WA. I have not actually gotten this week's um, COVID numbers for Australia, and I'm sorry that I haven't, but I, I know that there have not been any deaths over the last week. There were 910 deaths reported since the beginning of the scamdemic to last week. And I know that there have not been any further deaths from the scamdemic reported. But despite that, um, emergency declarations are being renewed over and over and over again. So um, it's absolutely insane. Now I have a lot of good information to go through tonight, and we're probably going to have a bit of a shorter show this evening. So yay, celebrate. You can go out and have fun. Um, but I would like to get into the show right now because there is some concerning information that I'm going to share with you. Now, I think I shared this table with you last week, uh, but I'm going to share it with you again for a reason. Um, this is the VAERS total deaths reported by year. Now, this is VAERS in the United States, Vaccine Adverse Events Reporting System, um, from 1991 to 2021. And what this graph shows is the total number of deaths that are reported to the national database in the United States every year. Uh, it is admitted that only about 1% of reactions and deaths are actually reported. Um, in 1991, they started at just under 200 deaths reported to the database over the year. Um, that went fairly flat up until 2007, 2008, when we saw an increase. Um, and that is 
coincidentally, again, I don't believe in coincidence, around the time that the Gardasil vaccine was starting to be used and new vaccines were being added to the schedule. The, um, the flu vaccine was added to the schedule. There were other shots that were added in. So we saw a steady increase in the number of deaths from about 200 a year for many years running up to a total of 600 per year in 2019. Interestingly, in 2020, uh, we saw a decline in deaths, uh, the first real decline that we'd seen for a while. Um, and that coincided with the beginning of the COVID scandemic. And one explanation, one possible explanation for that uh, was that parents were simply not taking their children to be vaccinated because they were afraid to take them out. So fewer vaccines meant fewer deaths reported to VAERS. And there was, I interviewed, um, I interviewed someone about six months ago who had published a study showing a 40% decline in sudden infant death syndrome over the same period. Uh, and they said that it was uh, also because fewer people were getting vaccinated. So there was a decline in babies dying after vaccination because they were getting fewer vaccines. Now, I want to bring your attention to the year 2021. Now, this table ends on April 9th. And as of April 9th, so four months into the year, there were almost 2,400 deaths uh, reported to vaccination uh, in the United States in the VAERS database. Again, 1% of the real total, most likely. Um, so up from 600 to 2,400, um, four times the number of deaths. And that's not for the full year. That's only for four months. So we have a real signal here that something terrible is happening. Uh, more and more people are dying, exponential growth in deaths. Uh, who knows what the end of the year is going to look like if this is what it looks like after four months. It is a horrific figure, Sue. It is absolutely horrific. And what is happening to the population right now is beyond belief. It is really beyond belief. Um, the estimates from some people who know, um, Dr. Bhakti, uh, Dr. Yaden, who was a vaccine maker uh, and scientist at Pfizer, uh, they are saying that millions and possibly billions of people are going to be killed by these shots. So uh, when we are trying to make our loved ones aware of what is happening and they are not listening, it's devastating and absolutely horrific to think about what the future could possibly hold for the human race. Um, and Jen, it could be a cull. I don't know. I honestly don't know. But what I do know is that the deaths following this vaccine and the long-term disabilities that we're seeing following these shots are absolutely like nothing we've ever seen before. So um, it is really crazy. Anne is asking, where can we get a copy of that? And tomorrow uh, afternoon, by the afternoon tomorrow, um, we will have all the video from tonight up on Rumble. And it'll be linked through on the AVN website. And on both Rumble and the AVN website, there will be a link to a WeTransfer file where you can get all of the slides from tonight and the links as well. So you'll be able to get access all of that information. Um, yeah, 
Uh, Bell, I'm going to be covering that tonight. There was an excellent interview with Dr. Sherry Tenpenny that I'm going to be showing uh, about the long-term uh, outlook for people who have taken these shots. Now, this is the figure from VAERS, and this is Open VAERS. I interviewed Liz from Open VAERS a couple of months ago. Open VAERS is basically a graphic way of showing the um, reports that have been sent into the vet vaccine adverse events reporting system in the United States. These reports are through April 16th, 2021, but I'm going to tell you something else about this after we go over these figures briefly. As of April 16th, there were 86,080 reports in total that were sent through to VAERS. Now again, remember 1% of the total. Um, 3,186 deaths reported um, to VAERS after this shot. Um, 6,208. Now, remember that last graph I showed had 2,400, so that's up. Um, 6,282 hospitalizations, 12,374 needed admission to a hospital emergency room, 13,483 office visits, 531 cases of anaphylaxis or life-threatening allergic reaction, and 606 cases of Bell's palsy, which is a paralysis of the face, where a lot of times half the face will drop. Now, heart attacks, 713 heart attacks reported. Now, in this modern day and age with hospital treatment, the vast majority of people who suffer heart attacks um, live. They, they may have a heart attack and then they live. They may not live forever, but they live. This heart attack figure, 713, 50% of them were fatal heart attacks. So whatever is causing the heart attacks in these people is much worse than your average run-of-the-mill heart attack. 115 miscarriages with a shot that has never been tested for safety in pregnancy, like no vaccine has ever been tested for safety in pregnancy. Um, 4,499 severe allergic reactions and thrombocytopenia or low platelet count. That means that you have trouble clotting, so your blood, um, you can bleed like, like hemophiliac. Um, 420 cases of that. Now, these are the figures from VAERS as of April 16th, 2021. And the organization that runs Open VAERS, this website, is called The Archivist. Now, I'm going to show you some information on Twitter from the archivist that is going to blow your mind. This just came out today. It says April 24th, but that's because it's in the United States and it's yesterday there. The archivist has been collecting all of the data from theirs in order to put this up on the website. And what they've said is based upon the numbering, every Every report, when it's given to VAERS, is given a number. It's assigned a number by the computer. Based on the numbering, we now estimate there are 250,000 backlogged COVID reports that VAERS is sitting upon. Genuinely curious how risks and benefits are established in a scenario like this. So in other words, those figures that we've seen, which are horrendous, only represent a fraction 
of what is actually being reported, there are 250,000 backlogs, according to the estimate here. Uh, the next person says, I'm no computer whiz, but how can a self-input database be backlogged? Theirs shouldn't have to do anything on their end. And the archivist said they do check every report before full release. In some cases, they gather more data. Um, we are informed by a reporter for a hospital system that VARES first assigns a temporary ID. It takes five to eight minutes to make a report. In that time, the temporary assigned IDs jump approximately 2,000 in value. So let's say you go in to make a report in VARES and you're assigned number 1,000. It takes you five minutes to go in uh, and finish the report. The next report, the next person who reports something could get a, uh, a number of 3,000, so 2,000 more, because over that time, another 2,000 people have tried to place reports in with theirs. The, the implications of this are amazing. And, um, oh, wow. Simone says, I've had a heart attack and was advised to get this COVID injection by my doctor. I am now finding another doctor. That's a very clever thing for you to do, Simone. Uh, I hope that you have a very healthy life, and I hope that you find a doctor who supports you in your, uh, your philosophy of health, because I don't think anybody... Well, I don't think anybody should be taking these shots unless they are perfectly healthy. And even then, since these are experimental shots, these have never been through the standard trials that other drugs go through. And most vaccines don't go through the standard tests either. But um, the COVID shots have skipped just about everything. Um, you are making yourself um, into a guinea pig. And I don't think that we should be doing that. Uh, we shouldn't be doing it with our eyes closed anyway. Yeah. Adam says, not a hope in hell. I'll be participating in this genetic manipulation experiment. And I think a lot of people feel that way. And what we're seeing, not just in Australia, but around the world is that vaccination clinics that are administering these genetic modification devices, because they're not vaccines, um, the clinics that are administering these are finding that nobody is showing up for the shots. People are making appointments and then hearing information about how dangerous these things are, and they are just not showing up in Australia and around the world. And as a result, there is a, a strong move to make these shots compulsory as, as often as they can be. And this is what we need to stand up against. Uh, Ann says one of the shots was created in a day. And that's the thing, the Moderna shot and the Pfizer shot, um, they are basically 3D printed. I mean, that's, that is the basic technology that they're using. So they can put whatever they want in there by simply changing the computer program and they can have a shot ready within a day and no testing at all. Um, so yeah, it is pretty crazy. Uh, all right. So now, so that was the archivist and they're talking about how most of the reactions that have been reported have not actually been added to the official statistics in Australia. It's even worse because from the beginning, before we even started administering these things, uh, the TGA, the Therapeutic Goods Administration said that they were not going to release data you know, they'll release 
um, the overall data that I'll show you in a minute, but they're not going to release individual reports of reactions for three months um, after the shots have been uh, started. And it is three months since the shots have started, and we still don't have those individual reaction reports. So how can we possibly make a decision without any information on safety and no information on efficacy either. Now, again, I showed this last week. This is um, as of the 11th of April, 2021, OSVAC uh, safety, which is a survey that is sent out to people who have taken the shot. And as of last week, 48.2% uh, of the participants reported no adverse events. And it's so interesting the way they did that because that means 51.8% did have an adverse um, event. But they didn't really want to put that there. They wanted to make it look really good. It's written in green and it's got a, a tick mark in a shield. I mean, hey, it's really, it's really, really good and safe. Uh, but when more than half of the people reported an adverse event, uh, that is not exactly something that would give people confidence that this shot is going to be safe. And at the very top of the page, it says here, no safety signal detected. What a safety signal is, when you are studying something that's new, um, you will be giving it to people and you will be looking at the results that come in. I mean, that's what you're supposed to do. It generally doesn't happen with vaccines, but uh, you're supposed to look at the reports coming in and let's say you expect that maybe five percent of the people will have a fever after taking this shot and instead you have 15 percent of the people having a fever that is a safety signal now if more than half the people reported an adverse event and they are saying no safety signal detected to me that means they expected more than half of the people who got this shot to have a reaction to it. And that's certainly not something that they told people when they agreed to have this put into their body. Now, this has been updated. This information has been updated. Again, they are putting how many people reported no adverse events. Now, the week before, it was 48.2% of participants said they had no adverse events. This report, which is a week later, says 36.8% reported no adverse events. 70,171 people reported one or more adverse events. So that is a lot of people. 63% of the people who got the shot had at least one adverse event. A quarter of the people who got the shot reported missing work, study, or routine duties for a short period. I mean, how do we know it's a short period? And 1.7% reported seeing a doctor or going to an emergency department. That's almost two out of 100 people. That is a very, very high incidence of people who had to go to the doctor or to the hospital. But what makes this statistic even more shocking is something that I learned just yesterday. Remember, this information comes from Allsvac Safety, which is a survey that's sent to everybody who gets the shot. When the survey is sent to people, there's a link on it, and it says, if you have a reaction that you want to report, click this link and report it. That link expires after three days. So if you have a reaction at three days and one hour, 
You can't report it using that link. The OSVAC safety link has expired. The TGA does not want to know the reactions that happen after three days. And these reactions, the 63% of people who reacted, reacted within three days of getting the shot. And that is something I want you to keep in mind when we watch the video um, that Dr. Sherry Tenpenny uh, put out not long ago. And I'm going to show you that video now. Now, normally when I show a video, I only show the video for like two, two minutes, but this one is so important that I want to show it to you for a bit longer. So we're going to watch five minutes of this video. Oh. <laughs> My apologies. Thank you very much for letting me know. I'm going to start it from the beginning again. I do apologize. I couldn't download this video, so I had to watch it a different way. Let me start it again. I'm sorry. I've mapped out. Now, with this paper I looked at last night, one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, eight mechanisms of action of how this vaccine is going to kill people. Wow, will you send that? It's a, will you send that to me? Yeah, when, I can later? send that to That'd you. That would be great. Yeah. I, yeah, I can send it to you later. And it all relates to um, when you inject this messenger RNA, when you inject this vaccine, the messenger RNA starts to code for the spike protein. And this is what and they're then, focusing on too. Go ahead. That's the yeah. whole thing. All I mean, that's what it, inhibits your M2 macrophages, which are your anti-inflammatory macrophages, so you get cytokine storm and you die. Mm -hmm. The third is, is that when that messenger RNA goes in and, and then that spike, and then that make an antibody to that, it binds it loosely, carries it into cell, and causes permanent replication. 
So it's like having an on button with no off button. So you're constantly making this little piece of protein to develop more spike proteins against it to make more destruction. And then with this paper that I read last night of this anti-spike protein, it attacks the, the astrocytes and the oligodendrocytes, which are two different types of, of cells in your brain. Wow. Two different types of central, of central nervous system. Mm -hmm. It attacks the inner mitochondria membrane mm -hmm. in two different mechanisms. And I am so sorry. Can you, do you want me to start again? I am so sorry. I don't know what happened there. Um, go in, yeah, go in and out again. I'd have no sound. Okay. Guys, third time pays for all. Third time lucky. We're going to start again. <laughs> I, I really do apologize for this. I've mapped out now with this paper I looked at last night. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, eight mechanisms of action of how this vaccine is going to kill people. Wow. Will you send that? It's a, will you send that to me? Yeah, when, I can later? send that, that to you. That would be great. Yeah. Yeah, I can send it to you later. And it all relates to... Um, when you inject this messenger RNA, when you inject this vaccine, the messenger RNA starts to code for the spike protein. And this is what they're then, focusing on, too. Go ahead. That's the yeah. whole thing. It's, I mean, all that's they, what it, yeah. it's all they focus on, focus on, including the fact that the NIH is now fighting with Modera over patent rights because they, you can't patent anything that's out in nature, so they had to manipulate the spike protein in order to be able to patent it and then make an antibody to the spike protein. Mm -hmm. Well, this an anti-spike protein antibody, this antibody is deadly. Mm -hmm. It's absolutely deadly. Um, and the first three papers that I went through, I found that, there, that one of the things that the spike protein does is it directly attacks lung tissue and breaks it down. The second thing that it does is inhibits your M2 macrophages, which are your anti-inflammatory macrophages, so you get cytokine storm and you die. Mm -hmm. The third is, is that when that messenger RNA goes in and, and then that spike, and then that make an antibody to that, it binds it loosely, carries it into cell, and causes permanent replication. So it's like having an on button with no off button. Mm -hmm. So you're constantly making this little piece of protein to develop more spike proteins against it to make more destruction. And then with this paper that I read last night of this anti-spike protein, it attacks the, uh, the astrocytes and the oligodendrocytes, which are two different types of, of cells in your brain. Wow. Two different types of central, of central nervous system. Mm -hmm. It attacks the inner mitochondria membrane mm -hmm. in two different mechanisms, and it attacks this neurofilament proteins which are the motor nerves, which suddenly, you, we've seen those people on the oh, videos yeah. that after the yes. vaccine, yeah. it's because the, the spike yeah. protein antibody is affecting their motor neurons and their central nervous system ones. And then the, the number one primary um, uh, symptom that people have after they get this vaccine is debilitating fatigue, that they can't even mm -hmm. function in the main part of their life. Well, it's because that spike protein antibody attacks the mitochondria. And it, and it attacks the GAD65, which is the intracellular antigen inside of your mitochondria. And it can also attack your pancreas. If you're diabetic, it'll make your diabetes worse. If you're not diabetic, it can cause you to have diabetes. Mm -hmm. Stiff person syndrome, cerebellar ataxia, which is that thing that you're watching people not be mm -hmm. able to walk. Um, yeah. 
it also attacks uh, in the in the experiment that they did. They they took diff different tissue antigens like skin and lung and all this other stuff. Then they dropped the an the serum that had the antibody in it on it. Um, Twenty seven out of fifty five of the tissue types reacted adversely to the spike protein and the anti spike. Or, I'm sorry to the spike antibody. Mm -hmm. So you get this vaccine, you create this antibody, and that's why in the most recent VAERS report uh, came out this week, 181 mm -hmm. deaths already that have mm -hmm. been reported. And when you start reading through them, you can now that you kind of lay out what these antibodies do, you can see it right in the VAERS report what has happened to these people. And it's the anti-spike antibody that's attacking them. And that's why the most number of deaths um, occurred about 19 days after the after the injection because it takes a while to develop mm -hmm. the antibody response. It doesn't happen like this, right? Mm -hmm. Unless you have an anaphylactic reaction, probably to the polyethylene glycol, mm -hmm. unless you have an, an, an immediate reaction to it, the delayed reaction is going to take any, it's going to start, it takes a while, it says 19 days. I talked to a bunch of epidemiologists in Europe and they said that it takes about 48 weeks to really see the most profound effects of autoimmune disease. Yeah, thank you so this much is, for sharing that too. This is going to be absolutely, I, I mean, when I first, when I first mm -hmm. found the, the first four mechanisms of action, mm -hmm. I said to a few friends of mine, I said, this is a perfectly designed kill machine. It is. Perfectly designed because um, and the other thing is, is with that, with that replicating thing, um, because of the vaccine, you're going to see mutants. Mm -hmm. And so now we're all talking about all the mutants. And I said, you know, the one thing they're not asking these people who've been diagnosed with this mutant strain is, have, have you had one of the not approved yet vaccines? Mm -hmm. Nobody. Okay. I felt that was such important information that I wanted to share it all. And for those who are asking for the links, all of the links will be uploaded to the AVN website uh, tomorrow with this video. So this video will be on the AVN website. And it is horrifying. It is horrifying to think that people have been put in a state of fear over the last 12 months. And you know that you can't really think properly in a state of fear. And that... Because of that, they are basically at the mercy of a government and a medical community and a media that don't seem to care how many people are killed or maybe even intend to kill people. Who knows? Uh, it just seems that the number of deaths and injuries after these shots is something that should be setting off alarm bells. I don't know if you heard, but the Johnson & Johnson vaccine, Janssen, that was paused in the United States, um, has been reinstated because they said, oh, the reactions are bad, but they are so rare that we're going to start using it again. Well, who says that they're rare? And if you're one of those rare people who is going to have that reaction, don't you think you should be informed of the risk before you make a decision? Don't you think that all of this evidence should be put on the table? Don't you think the shots should have been tested before they were released? Um, it is absolutely insane. Uh, and Dr. Tenpenny is a treasure for our community. 
And yes, I think that all those people who are saying um, that, that, you know, she's, she should be followed. Yes, please follow everything that she does. Uh, and yes, AstraZeneca changed the name of its vaccine. Uh, and I shouldn't even call it a vaccine if it's genetic modification device. And uh, they did that because they were getting a bad name. Uh, they were the first shot that was associated with problems and was being limited uh, to the number of people who could take it. Uh, and yeah, it's pretty horrible. And Kath says she's heard of a two-year-old child who has died from the trials. And there are going to be more children who are going to be taking these shots. And this, to me, is absolutely, positively criminal. Uh, children, in fact, anyone under the age of 60 who is relatively healthy and does not have comorbidities has virtually a zero chance of dying if they contract an infection like COVID. Um, and for children, for people you know, under the age of 20 and certainly two-year-olds, there's no risk whatsoever uh, unless they have pretty serious comorbidities. So to trial an experimental shot on these kids when they have no risk from the disease and only risk from the shot is a crime against humanity. And any parent who volunteers their children for these sorts of drug trials, well, to me, that's a form of child abuse. And, I, you know, I don't like to say that. I really don't. But to me, it is. It really is a form of child abuse. And um, it's something that should not be allowed. It absolutely should not be allowed unless there is a serious risk in that age group from an infection. They should not be included in the trials. They should not be receiving these shots. Yeah. So, um, yeah. What parent in their right frame of mind would be using their kids as a guinea pig? Exactly, Kath Hunter. But last week on Under the Wire, we showed a video of two doctors who brought both of their children were volunteered as guinea pigs for these trials. So there are those who walk among us who truly um, are not thinking of their children's best interests. Uh, yes, naive, sick, uninformed twerps. I think that's putting it nicely. And I do believe it is child abuse too, Sharon. I really do. Um, it, and what happens if something happened to one of those kids? God forbid. If something happened to one of those kids, they're going to have to live with that for the rest of their lives, knowing that if their kids actually caught the common cold, which is what coronavirus is, um, they would have been fine. They absolutely would have been fine. Yeah, I, I agree with you, Kelly. I'm over the age of 60 myself, and I'm not in the least bit concerned about this infection, but I am very concerned about the risk of the shot. And um, yeah, uh, Moon Moon Sahu People trust that the right thing will be done, hence are hopeful that these jabs will help them. How do we communicate without creating divide and hate? And this is a very good question. It's a really, really good question and an important one. And I think that one, one way that you can break through to people, and I have to tell you that it is very hard. Uh, I have very loved family members um, who have taken this shot. And uh, I pray that they will be well. But it is very hard when you're trying to use common sense, logic, and science, and they're using superstition and fear. 
but I think that one way to communicate with people is to ask questions. Um, ask them, have you read the package inserts for these shots? Ask them, are you aware that these shots are experimental until 2023, that they are not even approved by government authorities because they can't be approved because they're experimental? And you know, you can if they say, well, that's not true, then you can direct them to the Therapeutic Goods Administration website. Say, look it up yourself. Um, you know, take two minutes for your own health, your own life, because once you take the shot, it's too late to do anything. You will never get it out of your body. Um, as you heard Dr. Tenpenny say, uh, what happens with these shots is that they, um, the spike proteins that are in there go into your own cells and they merge with your DNA and your RNA and they turn your body into a spike protein uh, factory. You continue to make these uh, spike protein antibodies forever. There is no way to turn it off once it started. And nobody knows what the long-term outcome of this is. What's going to happen with pathogenic priming? If you are exposed to any form of coronavirus, which most of us are every single year when we catch a cold, what's going to happen to those people who got these shots? Um, is pathogenic priming meaning mean that they're going to die from a common cold that normally would have been no problem whatsoever? Um, and there are just so many questions that we don't know the answers to. And one of these questions has come out this week, and it's a real concern. I'm sharing this page from Facebook um, I'm not going to share the pictures because they are pretty graphic. Um, and this is from CV19 Injections and Adverse Reactions Facebook page. Most of the Facebook pages that are um, there to allow people to share information about their reactions to these shots have been taken down by Facebook. One of them this week had over 120,000 posts of serious reactions and deaths. So Facebook, like most mainstream media and social media, does not want anyone to know these problems. Um, so what's happening is, for people who did not take the shot, like myself, like so many other people, we feel that we cannot be at risk from the shot. But what is happening, and it's actually being reported in medical journals, this is not some woo-woo, uh, you know, people talking about this without any information whatsoever. Um, this is something that is being reported on. People who are near, people who are recently vaccinated, especially women, but it can happen to anybody, are having the same sorts of problems that people who are getting the shots are having. Uh, there are reports of women, men, kids, babies, pets, and animals with bloody noses and clots um, with non-lactation mastitis. So that's uh, a, a breast infection when you're not even lactating. Uh, erectile dysfunction, testicular pain, low sperm count, bruising, blood clots, deciduous casts, I don't know what that is to be honest, and miscarriage. There are also people reporting that they are having extremely heavy periods or their periods are not coming at all, or people who are reporting incredible pain like agony with their periods. Um, that some of the images are showing huge blood clots that some of these women are passing. 
and they did not get the shot. They have simply been near someone who has had the shot. So are these spike proteins uh, and spike antibodies that are being manufactured in people's bodies after they get the shot, are they infectious? Are they somehow transmitted to other people? And are they causing illness so that even if you are not uh, taking the shot, you are at risk of having a reaction? Those are the questions. Nobody knows the answers. And it is a very important question to be asking. Um, Rufus says, not shedding. Dr. T states it is transmission. I'm not really sure I understand the difference, Rufus. Does she explain that? I'd love to know more. Um, oh, 120,000 members, not posts. My apologies, Melissa. I thought it was 120,000 posts. The page that was taken down had 120,000 members. Um if this isn't a war against us, we the people, then I don't know what it is. It is a war. It is absolutely a war. Um, the government and the medical community, and I'm not talking about the average doctor who really doesn't know anything about this and hasn't taken the time to look at it. I'm talking about the medical authorities, the media, the pharmaceutical industry, and our own government uh, are at war with us. It is a war, undeclared, but a war. And all you need to do is look at if the government really cared about the health of the population, if they wanted to ensure that we would be healthy, they would be taking talking about ways that we could um, build up our immune system. They would talk about ways that we could protect ourselves from infections like vitamin C, vitamin D3, sunshine, exercise, good diet, all of these things. They would be taking genetically modified organisms out of the food chain. Um, they would be removing all of the thousands of chemicals that are added to our food during either its growing phase or its production or its packaging. Um, they would be getting rid of all of that and getting us back to a more natural way of living when we did not have exposure to all these toxins, when we did not have one child in 23 who was on the autism spectrum, where we did not have one child in five who was asthmatic, where we did not have this incredible um, upsurge in childhood cancers, um, we would have healthy people. So the government cares zero about our health, according to all the evidence that I could see, because if they did care about our health, they would not be pushing vaccines. They would be pushing healthy lifestyles, and they are not doing any of that. Um, Decidual casts are the uterine lining intact comes out. Oh my God, I have never heard of that, Sunny. Thank you so much for explaining that. That is horrendous. Um, UK have a lawsuit against the government. See the Bernican, Bernician, sorry, on YouTube or Jonathan Trapman on Facebook. Thank you for that, Kathy Ann. Um, and I'm just trying to see, is shedding a real possibility, Deborah Joy asks. We don't know. We don't know. But these reports are coming out in their thousands. This is not just the occasional report. These are people reporting in their thousands that they have been around people who've taken the shot and they have suffered as a result. So, um, and yes, Adam, that is a very important fact to share. It is not all vaccine manufacturers in Australia. Uh, in the United States, all vaccine manufacturers are exempt from liability from any defective product. The only thing they're not exempt from is fraud. So if they have outright fraud, 
they are not protected by the um, vaccine injury compensation program. But um, in Australia, vaccines or genetic modification devices that have been authorized under emergency declarations like these COVID shots, um, they have complete immunity. The manufacturers and the people administering them, with the exception of nurses, it seems, um, have complete immunity from any responsibility should the person either be injured or die. Um, Kathy Ann says, my son is autistic from the MMR. I saw him change over a few days. Unfortunately, Kath, that is far too common an experience, and I'm sorry that you've gone through that. I hope that you find a therapy that will help. Um, Linnell said there should be a signed consent form as it is a trial and participants are part of that trial. No consent form, no informed consent whatsoever, and an absolute breach of not only legislation in Australia uh, that determines that you should have the right to um, inform choices, but the Nuremberg Code as well um, that covers the uh, use of humans for experimental trials. Absolutely illegal, immoral, and unethical. Um, let me just see what else we've got here. Sabina said, thank you all for your work and for using your voice. My family feels less isolated because of you and everyone else here is willing to stand up for their health and their rights. And that's brilliant. That's what we need to do. If we all stood up, this problem would be solved tomorrow. If everybody simply said, no, I'm not doing it. You can't make me. I'm not wearing a mask. I'm not going to sign in when I go out to a restaurant or a cafe or any place else. And I am not going to take your experimental genetic modification device. Then tomorrow, this whole situation would be over. And Kat says, stay away as much as possible. I have seen a T-shirt advertised. You know how they talk about 1.5 meters for social distancing? It says, are you vaxxed? Stay 1.5 meters away from me. And, you know, it's, it's horrible to share that kind of fear, but if there is even a slight risk that this is a thing, then I don't blame people for wanting to stay away from the recently vaccinated. Uh, okay, Sunny just shared a very good, um, oh, it covered up the whole screen, a very good uh, link, um, and I think that we should all watch it, uh, Dr. Christine Christian Northrup. There was a doctor in the United States who I saw recently, too, talking about this, and uh, he was on Instagram. I will get the link and make sure I share that tomorrow. So, um, oh, gosh. Yeah, it's people are really and truly not thinking. They are simply acting, and that's because they uh, are are fearful they're not able to think pos uh, they're not able to think positively. Julian Ray says fantastic turnout in London today. Half a billion they are saying it might have been half a million, not a billion. A video on BitChute. Now I actually have this video. It is a time lapse from someone who was there. He said he said he held his hands up for as long Sorry, he said he held his hands up for as long as he possibly could to take a video of the people going by. And um, I don't think it's a half a billion, but I think it is possible that 500,000 people were there today. There is also um, an aerial photo of this rally uh, that is pretty amazing. Um, absolutely amazing. So this is the kind of thing that's happening around the world and the kind of thing that... Uh, 
that we need to all be doing. And I'm so glad you brought that up <laughs> because I want to let you know that in May, there are going to be two rallies globally, not just in Australia, but around the world, the 15th of May and the 29th of May. Now, the 15th of May, this is only information for Australia, but um, if you are in any country overseas, there will be rallies in your area. There may, um, there may not be in your area, but there will be rallies in your country. If you want to have rallies in your area and there isn't one already organized, it, organized then organize it um, because it's really important that we stand up. That rally in London where you saw half a million or a million people, however many there were, um, that is such an important thing. Uh, Adam asked, why isn't mainstream media reporting on London? Actually, mainstream media did report. They reported originally that there were 500 people there, and then they brought it up to thousands, but they never said hundreds of thousands. And it certainly looks to me like there could have been hundreds of thousands. Kathleen says, please don't guess numbers. And I, I try not to, but the people who were there um, are reporting these numbers. And I think they probably have a better uh, take on this issue than I do. So yeah, Sunny Canada is so asleep. And Canada is in such a bad way. Oh my God. Australia's bad. Canada's worse. Trudeau is a nightmare. And um, what's happening in Canada is something that really needs to be stopped. If you are not, if you are in Canada and you are not yet a member of Vaccine Choice Canada or VCC, I urge you to join them. They are doing incredible work. They're working with a, a lawyer named Rocco Galati, who has already won a couple of cases against provincial governments um, on anti-lockdown and anti-masking. So they need your support. So anyone in Canada, please join VCC. And if you're in any country, find the organization there um, find the organization there that is actually working on these issues and join, help, support, volunteer, do whatever you can. And, um, and yeah, we all need to get together. Jane says, I was there hundreds of thousands. So, and you know what? I don't know if we can do an exact figure, but if you think there were hundreds of thousands, then I think you're right. Um, and there was, a, a, as I said, an, an aerial view of London. And it certainly looked like the entire area there was completely jam-packed with people. Oh, Sherry Lynn says, my daughter and I have been severely ill and my daughter's cycle was three weeks late um, for her cycle after being around her grandparents who were just vaccinated. She was there daily. I have been so sick for three weeks. I am so sorry. And I, I honestly don't know what to say, except that this needs to be investigated. And I think that a lot of the, um, the communities of people who are unvaccinated are actually banding together and uh, sadly uh, trying not to be around too many people who got the shots. It's great to see people fighting for their rights, Helen says, but can anyone tell me what remedy has been afforded by these rallies? They don't care. They don't listen because they are foreign occupiers, administrators, not your government. Well, I can tell you that in Denmark, um, they had, four, I think it was 14 days straight of people out on the street banging pots and pans, literally banging pots and pans. And I don't remember exactly what policy 
regarding COVID, the government, I think it might have been a lockdown. The government might have been about to go into a full lockdown. And because the people got out into the street and, and rallied against it, the government backed down. And that can happen as long as people take to the streets and in numbers. It's not going to happen if they take to the streets in hundreds. It'll happen if they take to the streets in tens and hundreds of thousands. And really and truly, some really good links are being shared in the comments, guys. I'm just letting you know, um, there are some fantastic links that are being shared here. Um, yeah, uh, Canada's prime minister is selling them to the CCP. Good to see you here again, Hen Dog. Um, just like AO, I cannot say that. I'm just going to leave it there. And hopefully people who um, can speak that uh, can, can say that we'll know what, what you're saying. Um, it's the name of a city, <laughs> I think, in New Zealand. I'm so bad with that. Um, supposedly, Trudeau and his wife got the jab. Uh, what's really funny is supposedly Biden and his wife got the jab. And there was recently, like four or five days ago, a video conference with the um, heads of many countries. And they were it was like a Zoom conference. They were all lined up around the edge of the screen and Putin was in the middle because he must have been speaking. And all of the heads of state were sitting in their respective countries on the Zoom video without masks. And Joe Biden, who's supposedly fully vaccinated and was sitting in a room without anyone near him, was wearing a mask. It is insane. Absolutely insane. Um, where is the aerial view picture, Bell asks. I didn't put it in today. I wish I had, but I will share it in the files that I upload tomorrow. So you will you will do that. Um, so you'll see that. It is a very um, amazing picture. It probably had a drone there. So um, it's a really good thing. And yeah, Irene says, rally strengthen the people's resolve. Also reveal the intention of the authorities we should trust. And I reckon that um, trusting authority is what got us here, and we need to stop trusting them because they are not trustworthy. Uh, they have proven that time and time again. Oh, Patricia says, how do I keep well when I live in a nursing home where most have had the jab? That is a really difficult thing, um, and I can't tell you. Um, I really don't know. What I can say is try to keep yourself as healthy as possible. If you have access to supplements, take the supplements. If you know a naturopath or a natural therapist that you can consult with, consult with them. You have valid concerns, and I would say that you should definitely look into this. And now that you've talked about nursing homes, this is something that was shared on Facebook. Um, someone sent it to me this morning. I have no proof that this is true, okay? I'm giving you a proviso right now, but it was shared on Facebook today or yesterday. Uh, Sydney, Australia, my godparents have just told us a horrendous story about this. Here in the North Shore of Sydney, his mother was in a nursing home, and last week the residents were all given the AstraZeneca vaccine. Following the injection, 11 of them had blood clots leading to strokes. I don't know how big this nursing home is. My godfather's mother had a secondary clot in her bowel, which they said they could remove. But as she was on life support after the stroke, they decided to switch it off. So she had an AstraZeneca vaccine and within days was dead. A nurse came to the funeral and said they've been reporting the blood clots in the elderly 
and the government has flat out said they refuse to investigate or admit there is a link because, quote, they're over 80 and they've had strokes. They have strokes anyway. 11 strokes in the one to two days following the vaccine is a bit more than usual. They're literally killing off older people with it. What rings true to me here is the fact that the government refused to investigate this because not only are they not investigating any of these reactions, they are ignoring them. Um, those, those two tables I showed at the very beginning, the one that said no safety signal and the one after it that showed 63.8% had reported a reaction, um, those tables uh, will actually say what sorts of reactions and there is not one death listed there. And we know of many, many deaths that have been reported in Australia following these shots. So they are completely ignoring them. And as I said, I don't know that this is actually true, but I don't know that it's not either. Um, this is an ad that also ran, I think it was on Facebook and Instagram. Um, this is Actors Wanted for a Pro-Vaccine television commercial, $900 per person. So here we have the propaganda from the government. Um, wanted TV shoot. We have $900 plus GST, inclusive of payroll, super, on costs, etc. for each of the talent. We are casting for five roles. This is a pro-vaccine campaign. They list the ages and the sexes of the people they want. Um, and you need to be available May 4th for a full day to shoot in a Sydney location. We will um, we'll need to provide their own wardrobe. So they're filming a commercial. One can only imagine what it's going to say. The government doesn't have the money to actually test these things themselves. They haven't done one test on either safety or efficacy for any of these shots, but they also have not provided one government test for safety or efficacy of any vaccine. So this is not unusual in that case. What is unusual is the speed at which this was released and the fact that um, that there was no animals, there were no animal studies done. Um, so they're going to provide propaganda. God knows how much this is going to cost and they're going to pay for it to be on television uh, in order to convince people to come and take these shots. And the reason they're doing that is because nobody's turning up. So um, it, it is wonderful to see that people are staying away in droves. Now, I want you to take a look at this next short video. This is an American Instagram influencer. From what I understand, she has about 490,000 followers on Instagram. Listen to what she says. ...to debate or anything, but I've just seen, obviously, the vaccine tab and teach their own. If you want to get the vaccine, get the vaccine to each your own. But I did just want to make a little note that... I've received two vaccine campaigns paying thousands of dollars to go and get a vaccine or go and get the vaccine and record it and take a selfie while getting the vaccine. Just going to throw that out there. So what she said is that she was offered from two different organizations thousands of dollars as an influencer, they knew lots of people would see whatever she did. Um, she was offered thousands of dollars to get the vaccine and to post a selfie of herself getting the vaccine. And this seems to be the new in thing to do, um, to have the shot and then to get the pictures taken afterwards. 
Um, they're giving out stickers. It's, it's, it's as if we're little children. You know, you've gone to the dentist and you get a sticker that says, I just had my teeth cleaned. You know, it's, it is so ridiculous that this is what we're facing right now. And um, Forrest Moretti, who I absolutely love from my incredible opinion, is running his own campaign. And if you can do this, I haven't done it yet myself, but I'm going to do it tomorrow. What he's asking is for people to take a, a selfie of themselves with their sleeve rolled up. Uh, and it's, uh, I'm not sure exactly what the hashtag is. I'll put it in tomorrow. But it's basically saying I did not get the vaccine, unvaccinated and healthy, something like that. Um, so I think it's a brilliant way of countering what the government is doing um, let me just see some of these comments. Yeah, influencer. That's what they call people on social media who have a lot of followers. That's the, uh, the name. Uh, in Israel, they are offering alcohol or shots for the shot. There you go. Health straight down the line. <laughs> get drunk and get a shot. Maybe it'll actually help you not feel the pain afterwards. Um, David Beckham released a video the other day. A video about what? Um, maybe it was a video where he didn't like the vaccine. I don't know. I'd love to know. Tell me. <laughs> um, let me see. Oh, God. Fake Kath said, Facebook put, I've had my vaccine on my profile picture and I changed it right away. I've seen that around people's profile picture. I didn't realize that Facebook was doing that automatically. That's insane. Um, yes, Michelle, this this live will be posted um, via the AVN Facebook, uh, the AVN, sorry, website, avn.org.au. No www, just avn.org.au. And then go to the blog, and it'll be the latest blog post. Um, and speaking of the blog posts, every week, Helen on our committee posts uh, a recap of the week's news that is unbelievably good. So if you want to go once a week to the ABN website, just check out the blog and get the latest update from Helen. Uh, it'll keep you in touch with what's happening on this issue. There's so much as you can see. So yes, Michelle, tomorrow this you'll be able to find this on the AVN um, website and also on Rumble, BitChute, and Brighteon, and all the links will be there as well. So And the videos, all of that stuff. Uh, let me just see if there's no vax for me. Is that what, um, what Forrest Moretti was using as a hashtag? Hashtag no vax for me. That's brilliant. So if you want to take a quick picture, and post it on social media with no vax for me. Or he was saying, if you feel that you don't really know how to do that, you can send it to him at my incredible opinion and he'll post it for you. Uh, <laughs> Bell says, I identify as a vaccinated person. <laughs> I've seen a few people saying that I think it's funny. And uh, I've also seen some people putting up a sign saying, um, I'm in the control, the unvaccinated control group for this trial. <laughs> Both are very accurate. Uh, and yes, they are after our kids now, Divine. They are planning on vaccinating or giving everyone a genetic modification device, probably from birth to death. Um, yeah. Uh, USA are offering... USA are offering Krispy Kremes. Now, what I heard, Krispy Kreme donuts, for those who don't know, um, 
because they've only recently come to Australia. Uh, if you get the shot, Krispy Kreme is offering you a free donut every day for a year, I think. Um, and if you think about how unhealthy it is to eat a Krispy Kreme donut every single day for an entire year, uh, it's, it's kind of up in the air as to what will get you first, the shot or the donuts. Um, yes, and Paul, you are absolutely right. In the future, we will be looking for vaccine-free women or men to have a relationship with. And a point that someone else raised that I hadn't thought about until they said it is, let's say, God forbid, you're in a car accident and you need a blood transfusion. Will you be able to get blood from someone who did not get this shot? Because if you get the blood from someone who had the shot, is it going to be like getting the shot yourself? Because are their, their cells, their blood cells, going to be continuing to produce the spike protein antibodies? I don't know. So um, it's pretty, there's so many things we have to think about that we never had to think about before. Oh, Beckham advised to get the jab. Why am I not surprised? He got the jab. Well, well, well he acted like he did anyway. I've seen so many very suspicious looking injections that I'm not really sure. Yeah, claiming that the jab is safe. I wonder, I mean, they, they no doubt think that they're doing the right thing. I don't want to put any uh, evil intentions on him. But honestly, do they realize that they influence people to do things that they know nothing about? Bunnings are going to set up vaccine huts in the car parks. I heard about that. And for those who didn't see, there was a video that went viral last week of um, a car park where people were getting the Johnson & Johnson, I think, Johnson & Johnson uh, shot in the United States. And there was a video. Someone was waiting in line to take the, the shot, and they, they were watching two cars over, uh, someone who was obviously having an anaphylactic reaction and was not breathing. And... They didn't have resuscitation equipment there. So this person was massaging his chest as if that was going to do any good. And what was even more interesting was that was two cars over. The car right next to the person who was taking the video, there was someone in there who looked like they were not doing very well either. So what are we going to see at the Bunnings car parks? And good question. Yes, the pharmaceutical companies are exempt from any form of liability. Yes, the doctors are exempt from any form of liability. But if you are in a facility, whether it's a business, a place of business, or a car park, or wherever, a pharmacy where they're giving out the shots, are those businesses going to be exempt? I kind of think that they won't be, but I don't really know. And it's a good question. Now, there's just one more thing that I said at the very beginning that I was going to cover and I haven't, and it's a really important um, issue. This is, this past week, um, here we go, this past week, there was a very frightening and dangerous precedent set. Um, a child care worker in Queensland who'd been working, I think, since 2008, was fired in August because she refused to take a flu vaccine. She'd had an anaphylactic reaction, which is a life-threatening allergic reaction to the flu shot years ago. And she said she had a doctor's certificate saying that she should never get another flu shot. The court, her, her employer, Good Start Early Learning, 
um, said, too bad, we're not going to accept that medical exemption. You need to get the shot or get fired. She refused the shot and she, they fired her. So she took them to court. And um, what happened was the court, the Fair Work Commission deputy president, now it's a commission, not a court. I really don't understand myself the difference between the two, but I do think that this set a precedent, but I'm not sure. Um, so the, the Fair Work Commission deputy president, Nicholas Lake, dismissed Miss Barbers, that's the woman who got fired, case, finding that despite her claim to have suffered migraines, now she did not say that she suffered migraines, she had an anaphylactic reaction, is, which is what I was told, and to have a sensitive immune system, and I love that they put sensitive in quotes, um, as if that's not really true, medical evidence did not show that she had a valid exemption. So in other words, the court overruled what her doctor said, because her doctor gave her a medical exemption. Industrial law allows employers to issue lawful and reasonable directions to staff, including on issues such as a vaccine. Well, that is debatable, whether it is reasonable or lawful. Um, to say that someone has to put their life on the line. Now, this next one is interesting, and you could have predicted this is what they were going to say. Barrister Ian Neal, SC, a labor law expert who was not involved in the Barber case, said it was the first considered decision on the subject and suggested employers with vulnerable workforces could mandate a coronavirus vaccine. So they have taken a leap from this case where a woman was told that she was fired because she refused to take a shot. And, um, and, and they are saying that that decision in a commission, which may or may not be a court of law. So I apologize. My, my um, information on law is very lacking. Um, that that decision by the commission was going to then be extrapolated to mean that employers could require you to get a COVID, an experimental unapproved COVID shot. Remember, the TGA says that these shots are on trial until 2023. That's when the clinical trial ends. And everyone who takes the shot is a guinea pig in this clinical trial. And what this uh, SC is saying is that um, because of this decision in the commission, now employers should be able to require uh, the COVID shot of their employees. And um, the issue is we don't know if Ms. Barber is going to appeal this decision or not. I hope that she will. I really do. And um, I hope that on appeal she will win because this decision should not be allowed to stand because it is a horrendous decision for freedom, for bodily integrity, and for our rights as Australians. Nobody should be allowed to tell anyone, not an employer, not the government, not a medical doctor, nobody should ever be allowed to tell someone that they have to put their life on the line with an experimental shot or any shot whatsoever. We have the right to make that choice. That is our innate, inborn right that nobody can ever, ever take away from us. So, um, I will keep you up to date on this. Nathan Buckley is the lawyer who represented Ms. Barber, and I will be speaking with him um, as the weeks pass. Uh, I believe that April, May 11th is the 
final date for filing an appeal. So I will be in touch with him before then. And I will let him know um, exactly. Uh, sorry, he will let me know. Thank you very much. He will let me know exactly uh, what the outcome will be, whether there will be a, uh, an, an appeal or not. Uh, Oliver is asking, what happens after the trial in 2023? One would assume after the trial, they will declare this shot to be an amazing benefit and success and will license it for use on all Australians who are left alive at that point in time. So, um, yeah, we don't really know. And uh, I cannot recall a time in the world where a, a shot was actually given this sort of approval. Even in 2009, when the AH1N1 experimental vaccine was released, it was not released in this way. It was given full approval by the TGA um, in a very un unscientific manner. They didn't even test the vaccine before they released it. They used another flu vaccine as a proxy that was much safer. So, um, I don't know what the outcome will be, but whatever it is, uh, unless we stand up, it's going to be whatever the government wants it to be. Um, it's supposed to be voluntary. Why are they so pushy? The government has purchased, I tried to add it up the other day, it is something like 150 million doses of these shots altogether for a country with a population of about 25 to 26 million I don't know why we bought so many. I really don't. Are we going to sell them to other countries? I don't know. Even if they give us two doses each and they vaccinate every man, woman and child in Australia, they still have way more shots than they need. And the shots expire in six months from what I've been told. So maybe they're concerned that they've spent all that money and they're going to have to actually answer questions in Senate estimates in a few months time about why they spend so much money and why it's, um, it, it didn't work, why people refused. So if they tried to do it voluntarily and it didn't work, then their next um, port of call is mandating as much as possible. They don't want to make it mandatory. They just want to make it impossible for us to live without taking it. So, you know, the COVID passports, the signing in everywhere you go, uh, the possible no jab, no job, no jab, no pension, no jab, no driver's license, all of these things have been mooted, and um, we need to be aware that uh, the government is planning this for us, and the only way we're going to stop them is by standing up as a united force and saying no, absolutely no. Um, so <laughs> Kelly says, I want to know if Greg Hunt got his second shot. I actually want to know if Greg Hunt got his first shot, though he did get sick, so it's very possible he did. I honestly don't know. Are we going to find out? Maybe a freedom of information request to find that out would be good. Uh, yes, third jab in the UK in the autumn. And um, in the UK, I have a video, but I'm not going to share it right now because I'm out of time. Um, this is from a few months ago. There was an advisor to the government who was talking about um, needing annual jabs. He said he thinks it's going to be like influenza where you're going to need to take uh, seasonal jabs every single year. Yay! So um, honestly, I think we have to um, realize that this is the plan and we need to stop it in its tracks. So thank you so much, everyone, for coming along. I have I love this new time because we get people from all around the world here, which is fantastic. 
And I want to thank everyone for coming. And I will see you all next week on Under the Wire. You take care and have a wonderful week. Bye-bye.